Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. This is episode number two of the Cyber Detective series that me and Dan are doing. This particular piece of property we broke down is hunted by my cousin Adam Brooks. It's a really good piece of property and I think you'll get a lot of information out of it. We also got into a whole bunch of other stuff like him telling stories about when I was little and uh, hunting with me when I was 9 and 10 years old and all kinds of other funny stuff. I downloaded this podcast as a video so that you guys can see the maps and whatnot that we are looking at uh, when we're breaking down the property. So if you're able to, it'd be a good idea to, to watch this one uh, instead of listening listening to it. All right, before we start, I got to thank my partners. Got to thank Osseo Gear. It's a great option for whitetail hunters. They've developed a premium line of bow hunting gear that will rival any other clothing company on the market in quality. Plus, you get a lifetime warranty on anything you buy from Osseo. Can't beat that. They have a super unique camo pattern and great technology in their garments to keep you comfortable in the stand longer. Visit ASIOgear.com to get you some great hunting clothing. All right, everybody, let's face it. We all have cameras that are lying around, either broken or completely worthless. Thankfully, right now, after a ton of great feedback from last year, Exodus is opening up a upgrade program. So how does it work? In short, order any camera on ExodusOutdoorGear.com and use the code UPGRADE to save 25% off on any Exodus render, render bundle, rival, or rival bundle. After placing your order, the Exodus team will send you a return label for the trade in camera. After receiving the camera, they'll ship you your full order with that 25% discount. If you're new to Exodus Trail Cameras, I'll just say this. I got a five-year warranty, five-year theft and damage coverage, and best-in-class customer services. Been using them their cameras for a long time, and I, I really enjoy using them. Getting ready to use their new model this year, the Rival. Can't wait to try that thing out. Be sure to take advantage of these unique savings opportunities and replace an old piece of junk camera that you got laying around for something nice like a new Exodus camera. This upgrade program is only for the remainder of April or while the their supplies last there at their HQ. As always, be sure to head over to their website and sign up for their email newsletter and stay up to date with all their announcements. I've caught wind of, that they have some really exciting announcements coming down the pipeline, so be ready for that. For more details on that campaign, uh, the trade-in campaign, head to exodusoutdoorgear.com slash page slash exodus upgrade program and i'll link all that in the description below hunting beast gear makers of the best mobile stand and sticks on the market if you guys have not gotten your hands on the beast sticks or beast stand you haven't felt that wow factor yet and at these shows that i work with with hunting beast gear whenever someone new picks up a beast stand that's what happens is they get this wow factor on their face for the size and the weight there's nothing that beats the beast stand on the market you got to get your hands on one it's developed by real mobile hunters with a real world experience you guys are going to love their products so head over to huntingbeastgear.com and pick you pick you up some beast sticks and beast stand and finally stealth outdoors if you're not using stealth strips honestly you're not trying hard enough Stealth strips are hands down the best silencing tape on the market. Once you put that stuff on your gear, it doesn't come off. It'll last for years and it does exactly what it's supposed to. Makes your 
gear absolutely silent. Silence your preset stands with it. Silence your mobile gear with it. Go over to stealthoutdoors.com and get you some stealth strips. My favorite product that they sell is the buckle silencer. That seems like something that is constantly making noise is your buckles when you're swinging them around the tree or hitting them off something or they're dangling around. Put that buckle silencer on those buckles and be deadly quiet. The link to all my partners are down in the description of this episode. Go and check them out. All right, everybody. Let's get into the episode. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Uh, hope everybody's doing good tonight. We're doing a little bit of a, I don't know, Friday night instead of Thursday night this week. I'm, As everybody knows, I'm having a little one in October, so this room behind you here will be my uh, next one's uh, room, not the not the studio anymore so me and eric are adding on to my house right now so we were trying to get some stuff done last night so we postponed the show until tonight you're gonna have to build a studio like i i am what a 70 by 40 studio yeah hopefully a little faster than me though yeah well this is hopefully going to be done by the end of the weekend so (laughs) i hope it's faster than uh than yours um anyway everybody this is actually my cousin adam brooks Hey, how you doing, hi, everybody. Hey, Dan, how are you? Good. He has a uh, he has a property he bought. How long did you go? Did you buy that? Oh, it's probably been four years ago. I bought bought that twenty acres back there. Yeah, and then you got you already owned a little bit, and and yep. your dad owns a little bit, and you got some property next to it you can hunt. Yep, and it I makes mean. it for a pretty good piece of land, and it's a uh, um, has a lot of different features on it that make up a pretty good property so we wanted to show everybody and um you kind of always seem to have some bucks on it too every year it does seem like it it holds some deer there's bucks and does yeah Um, good for the kids yeah right a lot of deer there um but we wanted to get dan on here and see what he thought of it and see how we can maybe do things better and then uh me and adam here so shortly may go out and kind of look at some of the areas that dan's pointing out and see if we can go film some of it and whatnot and uh that'll be on the beast channel then um does that sound good to you dan sure um how you been doing dan I haven't really talked to you much we me and eric been busy so i haven't got to uh chit chat with you yeah, i'm doing all right did you uh get get out any scouting this last few days no it was really hot today and i decided to just um work on some editing and putting some yeah. stuff together just trying to find some uh, some shows i got so much uh old footage i'm always trying to find something good to use because i know nobody else likes that stuff but that's the stuff i like <laughs> so yeah. i try to put stuff together <laughs> uh oh, they i think they like it well enough it's uh, a lot of it's good stuff you always like i always because I, I i put up some of those shorts that we have on the channel mm-hmm. and uh I, I just shocked sometimes at some of the stuff that you dig up. You filmed everything. <laughs> yeah. I never deleted anything either. I've been kind of trying to delete stuff as I go. I actually have huge hard drives full of footage. Yeah. I was thinking about doing a video just of t-shirts, all the t-shirts I wore. Over there. Yeah, you could do that. Just like yeah. a, a montage of right. a thousand different t-shirts that you've uh, <laughs> had. Someone, uh, I saw someone that 
recognized me and you or something the other day and they that's the first thing they said they like the they're talking about your your t-shirts um so i i actually uh i was at a restaurant and uh somebody kept looking at me and they finally go are you are you dan info i says yeah how you doing and they go what shirt is he wearing what shirt and they were i'm at a restaurant i'm just wearing yeah. a shirt. <laughs> what i wear yeah. disappointed them <laughs> yeah it was funny yeah funny yeah, that's funny. Uh, anyway, you want to pull uh, Adam's picture up here and um, sure, let's take a look on the, on the map, and then we can uh, we'll show you some of the bucks Adam has killed on this property and other ones too here in a little bit as well. And Adam has a bunch of stories about me that you guys <laughs> are probably real interested in. I think I started hunting with Adam probably when I was nine years old, so he was uh, one of the first people to. Well, I was with you when I shot my first 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 uh, deer with a bow and your first turkey. Yeah, so he was a lot different back then. He was, <laughs> he's not the same hunter as what he was when I when I got to experience that when we were. He was a little younger and, and myself as well. Yeah, um, yeah, we were trying to figure it up. It was like probably what twenty two years ago or something like that. Yeah. We were trying to figure out how old we were. Well, that'd be um, a good start before we get into things. I'd like to hear. Uh, <laughs> Well, which one? <laughs> well, well, preferably the first one and the best one. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, probably the probably one of the best ones. He reminded me a while ago when we were talking. Um, I forgot he was not quite in as good a shape back then when he was younger. And yeah, uh, oh, the fat yeah, kid. Yeah, he he was a little bit, but he. Uh, of course, he was young too. I I, I give him heck now, but uh, he did pretty well for being you know nine, ten, eleven years old, and we were. We were had uh, viper climbing stands back then. And yeah, the summit vipers. Summit vipers, yeah. and and he would be packing it in there. And of course, he'd be slower than what I wanted him to go, and I wanted to get there. And so finally, or he'd have to stop and rest. And so I just eventually grab both stands and the guns and throw them all on my back and just walk them all in for him, so we could get we could get in there and 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 get to hunting. But we had <laughs> the best one. We were hunting a property, uh, one of my buddy's properties, which is what I used to hunt a lot back then. And we had went in the night before and put the the climbing stands on our trees so that we were we were ready to go and we didn't have to, you know, do that in the morning for him to try to speed things up a little bit. And, and so we we're going in that morning, and my stand actually ended up being before his before we got to his. And I was like, you know, Josh, do you? you want me to walk you to your stand and then make sure you find it. And then I'll come back to mine and, and do it that way. And no, no, I, I know, I I know where it's at. I'll be fine. I, I can get it. I'm like, are you sure? Yep. Yep. I know right where it's at, right where we put it. We just go around the corner, go in the woods and then the next corner and, and it'll be there. I said, all right. You sure. sure? sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I said, go around this corner go to the next bend the next corner in the woods it bends back to your right and just go straight in the woods there and it'll be in the woods about you know 10 or 15 yards i got it so he leaves i climb up my stand i'm sitting there waiting and just turns daylight and i'm looking and i look over my left and here comes josh walking around the corner i was like oh man (laughs) you know just turned daylight perfect time in the morning and he walks up the bottom of the stand hey yeah, couldn't find your stand, could you? 
no, I don't know where it's at. I walked everywhere. I walked in the woods. I walked up and down the woods. I, I walked all over the place. Like, all right, <laughs> I'll be right down. <laughs> and so we got down and then, uh, the next, we hunted that property either the next morning or that e- next evening. It was next evening. Next evening. And I ended up going across the field and setting to where I could see. I was it, it was a long way across the field, but I could see where he was at. And we get in there, and we're maybe in our stand half hour, 45 minutes, possibly. Yeah, not very long. And next thing I know here, Josh walks out of the woods and he's walking along the other side of the woods. And I'm like, what in the world? What is he doing now? Like it's daylight. He's got to be able to find that stand. Yeah. It was an evening hunt. Yeah. And he, and I walk, I got to watch him walk all the way along the woods and then all the way across the cornfield. It took about 10 minutes or so. And I'm just thinking, what, what in the world's he doing now? And so then he gets over there that time and he looks up and I said, what'd you do now? And he said, I think I, I think I got one. I said, Oh, you do you shoot at one or do you he goes, Well, I shot one. All right, do you do you think you got it? And do you shoot it well? He goes, Well, I shot it and it went down and it's tried to get back up. I shot at it again and missed and shot at it again and missed and and then what did you run? I got down, I ended up getting down and sh- shooting it. Yeah. <laughs> you run out of arrows. Yeah, I think, I think so. I yeah. <laughs> It was a cluster. I don't know. I was 11. I think that's how it went. I yeah. definitely had to get down and shoot it, though. I yeah. remember remember that, and I remember missing it a couple times after I'd spined it or whatever I ended up doing. But he did He did get it, um, yeah. and I was happy to climb down that time and go and go help him get that one out. And that was his first first deer he'd ever shot with his bow. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's killed a few since then. And Was it a doe uh, or a buck or what? It was a it's doe. It's a little doe. Yeah, it was a little doe, but. Do you remember my dad always had me shooting or uh, mechanicals back then? Mm-hmm. Those little like they're like called punch cutters. They had like a it had the, like the ferrule. All the the blades were inside the ferrule, and then it had like a little button. Whenever the the point was like a button, and it pushed out. You remember those, Dan? Yeah. Well, uh, Adam, he did, he wasn't a big fan of mechanicals or something. Do you remember yeah. cutting my bands <laughs> off them things? Did I? Yeah. <laughs> Because you thought they were like, this is like a field point. I remember you like cutting the bands oh, off of them for me. I used, back then I used uh, muzzies. Muzzies. Ever, yeah, used yeah, yeah, yeah. I used those shortly after. Yeah. Yep. That was the only back thing. Back in the I day, muzzy was the tip to use. Yeah. Um, I just, I remember doing that too. I didn't know any better. I didn't know what the <laughs> heck I was doing, you know. My dad put them on for me. Uh, yeah. Um, the first turkey wasn't as, uh, no. not as good as a story, but it was just i was probably 15 or 16 then i halfway could hold myself accountable in the woods but yeah that one we we set up in a, a ground blind where we thought they're gonna fly out on the field and of course like like hunting it it didn't quite go the way we planned and they were on the next field over and we took a a long journey around and, yeah. and got on the other side and snuck in the woods and they ended up walking right in there to us i don't think we even i don't think we even called no, uh-uh. uh, but we were sitting there and, and that, that Tom was, and I'm not, uh, I don't, I haven't done a whole lot of turkey hunting in my life. I used to work in the ag industry, so I just kind of, I was always busy when turkey season was. And, but he, Tom was probably 12 to 13 yards in front of us. And I'm like, Josh, if you can see him, shoot him, you know, we're whispering right next to each other. And he's like, I can't see him. I'm like, he's right in front of us. Like he's right there. I can't see him. 
It's like, well, I can't. I could shoot him right now if you want me to. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, no. And, and then it finally, apparently, it was behind a tree uh, that he couldn't he couldn't see him, and it stepped out, and, and he shot it, and and uh, got his first turkey as well. So yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, you remember you remember sitting in that ground blind, and it started pouring down the rain. Yeah. And we tried to like to make a move on the turkey. We just like lifted it above our heads, and we like walked towards him. I think we walked <laughs> with, with the ground blind on our back. <laughs> I don't know if we walked. I don't think we walked to the turkeys. I think we walked out. It might have been. I can't remember. When we were way back in the field, and we yeah. just picked it up and walked all the way to the truck with it because it was pouring <laughs> rain. But we don't. I don't think either one of us fancies ourselves as the best no, turkey hunters no. in the world. Uh, usually, just stumble into one. When do you start turkey hunting, Dan? You got to be soon, right? Uh, yeah, in like a week or so, I think. Yeah, I think I. Not this next week, but the week after I go. I was out uh, this morning at dawn glassing. I saw a pretty good pack of them over by Dave's. Um, probably about uh, 26 or 27 of them. And there was uh, four real big Toms and one Jake in the pack. Hmm. Yep. So How many four t- Toms are all good. How many tags you got this year? I got two, and uh, Rick's got two or three. Uh, I don't know how many he's got. They have their Wisconsin's turkey season's weird. Like they got you got like four different seasons, right? Or five? Uh yeah, we have five seasons, five one week seasons. Yeah, so you can like draw tags so you can get multiple tags. Really? That's interesting. So yeah. if you apply you apply for a tag and if you get drawn, then you can also buy bonus tags, extra tags, leftovers. But the leftovers are always for the end of the um the season because ever nobody wants to last two two seasons. So if you buy extras, they're usually for the last two seasons, sometimes three seasons, depending on what zone you're in um, and what they have left over. So uh, it's kind of a cluster because you got to call it an exact time and, you know, you yeah. got to get in the line to, to buy it where it'd be nice if it was just, they just gave you two tags. Right. Be- yeah. I've always thought it's pretty confusing, but uh, um it benefits certain people because if a person can't call from work, you can't get the right, you, you can't get the tags and stuff. So it's kind of uh, like if you can't call and sit and wait on your phone, yeah, um, you won't get the bonus tags. So it's not a not a fair system for the bonus tags. Yeah, that's what me and Tyler had to do at the. We were when I got mine for, I don't know, it's the second to last season, whatever it's in in the end of May. Um, that's what we had to do. We had to sit around to like. At 9.50, we could log in. Then we got our number to log in at 10. And, like, it was kind of it was kind of weird. But, I mean, it worked. But if you were a guy working, like, if you if I was at work that day and had to do something and I missed it, like, that would, you know, that would suck. Right. Um, I guess that's just life, though, right? Yeah. Um, I was going to show everybody before we uh, got into this. I don't know. Maybe I'll think of other stories that Adam could <laughs> share with everybody. <laughs> Um, here's some of the the bucks Adam Adams killed. You didn't kill this one. You killed this one on a different property, right? Yeah, yeah. That was actually on the property that we had our uh, wonderful experience there. That was, oh, same uh, one. Yeah. Okay. Where you shot the doe? Yeah. Um. Let's see here. Here's your. And then this one was killed. That was killed a couple years the, ago, right? Yeah, two years ago on a property yep. that we're talking about. Yeah, not up. I don't see it. Oh, yeah, it's not up there. Sorry, guys. My uh, 
for some reason my there we go yeah the one yeah. on the on the right there is the one I killed yeah on this property we're going to talk about today mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dan well, he killed he killed this one on a deer drive out at that property you went hunting with me uh, with out oh. there on that big one Great there's big some good pros on that one yeah yeah um, and then let's see here Cole. Yeah, I'll get Cole's up here. Um, let's do this. That way I don't have to get off here. And then both both of these that my second oldest son killed uh, were on, on this property as well. Yeah. This was his first deer he ever shot. We shot it with a crossbow. Mm. Yeah, pretty good pretty one. Pretty good first part. Mm-hmm. And then this one too. And then this was uh, the next one. No. Nice. Yep. There's definitely a lot of a lot of potential on this property. Yeah. Um, so, let me pull up the actual property itself. And Dan, you've been looking at it this this evening a little bit, haven't you? I took a glance at it. Yeah. All right. So, essentially, if you guys can see this green dotted line here is the entire uh property here that he can adam can hunt he actually can't hunt this little woods right here i found out um so disregard that but um i don't know you want to say anything before we start about it or anything or you want dan to jump in oh if if, either way if if uh dan wants to start there and then i can chime in when he well dan like if you were going to jump into this place where would you start okay so i know nothing about where you're hunting or anything about how you hunted it but looking at that property um some things stand out to me um if you go up scroll up to the top of the property yep right up there so in that right hand corner one thing i noticed right away is that looks swampy or low or something it looks brushy and thick so if I zoom in on that, I see the small treetops, and it almost looks like there's a little creek that runs through there, like where that uh, creek shows on the top. It just stops, but the line keeps going. You see that? So it looks like it's wet and low. And at the very top in the corner, I see some tree heads in there that look like it, they kind of merge into that thick stuff. I bet you that's really good bedding. Right here? Uh, maybe it's fired or not. Oh, right here? Yeah, up in there. And uh, I would be willing to bet that that whole thing holds some uh, deer. And uh, I would probably look at the the outskirts of that. I'd walk the edge of it and look for where the deer come in and out of that thick stuff. And I'd set up accordingly. Um, do you see where I'm talking about? Yeah. The edge of the yeah, thick. So yeah, you're talking about walking this transition right here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not so much yeah. at the back of the property because I think you just blow everything out of there. But yeah. uh, like right above where your arrow is where the trees stop and the brush starts, yeah, then, you know, along the backside of the thick, I'd find the trails that come out of there. I don't necessarily think I'd set up right on the edge of the thick, unless I knew exactly where they were bedding. I'd probably set yeah. up a little further back because they might be right on that edge. Guess that's, I think it's a pretty small piece of, uh, yeah, yeah you're 130 yards. Yeah, no, right. Big. Right. So it's 130 yards wide. So it's, it's bigger than I had envisioned it. Okay. And then, then, after looking at that, if you go to the other side of that same top pro- of the property, okay. that edge, 
point that right juts here. out. I'd probably take a look there and see if there's any betting going on there. There might or might not be, but I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, it's, a, it's a nice spot for a deer to sit where he wouldn't get harassed, where he'd be overlooked, and he can kind of watch the property. <clears throat> yeah, because you, Adam, you park, you park right here, right? Yeah, yeah. And, Dan, you think they bet here on a north wind, right? I do, yeah. Mm-hmm. And watch the explain, open Yeah. Can you explain to people why real quick? Well, pretty often when I look at people's properties, I find deer like to watch to uh, observe where people go in from. And uh, especially if it's a spot where people kind of overlook it. And that looks like one of those spots to me, like nobody would think to um, really hunt there. It's pretty close to the farm. Um, but it is a pointed feature of land, and they like to bet on the points where they can monitor danger coming from the woods behind them up the point, and they can monitor the, the fields around the outside. They kind of know where danger is going to come from in a pointed situation. And I can see them sitting in there kind of monitoring the farm. Yeah. I'll think that doesn't, doesn't I'll mean it's there for sure, but it would be a place I'd look at right away. Yeah. That one right yeah. there. It, it's mm-hmm pretty decently thick on that on the point there kind of opens up you can see the trees yeah um, back in there a little opened up a little bit more yeah but he's he's right on up there on the right corner it is it's really thick back in there they had they cleared it out there at one point uh or a part of it um it's probably where that that actual path is there yep um and it is it is really thick in there now you shot so a buck. Or is it dry and thick um, it's dry and thick. It's not, it, it's actually a little, a little higher up there. It drops down to those where you see that. Yeah. Down okay. under there. All right. It's high there and then it drops, drops off. So this is just like a, yeah, they had, they had cut a road through there with a, with a dozer or something back, you know, several years ago. But it's not grown up and yep. thick now. Yeah. Yeah. You, you shot at a buck this year, like sitting, where were you at? Down my here. shot i was all the way down yeah go all the way to oh yeah oh you were sitting down here yeah oh i thought you were sitting in that stand me and no, Cole's that's the one where now you ruined it for me because that was my best corner to pick <laughs> yeah. So yeah i'm trying to let him oh do. i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry I, I only i brought it up because i thought you were sitting in that stand you got right here i thought that buck came that, out of this, this. That, that one i shot uh the one on the right of that picture there i was sitting in that one and shot him out there oh okay where he come out of? from there he come out of he come out of over here okay i wonder if i mean they they could bet in here though and just yeah. you know circle yeah. around to get down wind coming um I'll let dan go to his corner now go ahead dan talk. i'm sorry <laughs> no you're fine you're fine well, well before we leave this spot though dan if like but me and adam go in here and we find good buck beds in here mm-hmm. i mean how would you what would you I suggest setting up. Oh, well, now if I found, here, if I found beds in that thick no. area, um, I would really look at you know, um, if it's really thick, the bucks are going to be on the edges of it, which I think they'd be towards the top where that green mark is. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that for sure. They they could be on the edges anywhere around it, but I'd tr- I'd try to find the bedding and the sign of big bucks, and then I'd look at the trails coming out, and I'd just do what I always do. I'd go as far as I, you know, as close as I can. Where I can set up without them knowing I'm there, basically scent, sound, you know, sight, and mm-hmm. find a setup. Yeah. Um, so I'd I'd also look at that uh, that point that we looked at and just see if there's something at that tip of that point, right? 
there either is or there isn't. But if there is, um, there might be a good setup further back on the point where it starts to open up into bigger woods. Mm-hmm. Like the deer might get up and go backwards. But the, tr- the trick to getting back there would be a big circle, <laughs> you know, because the deer's yeah, potentially watching you, right? right? Well, yeah. not necessarily. It'd just be a long walk, right? Yeah. But the, the trick would be to know if one's bedding there, and then you can figure out how to do it, right? Yeah. The hard part is he can't, you know, he, his property line's right here, so. Yeah, but he could go, like, uh, like around towards the edge of that thick stuff and go in. And oh, yeah, yeah, true. Much go in, and then he could go into the woods and go over. Kind of backdoor him. Um, but, you know, as is often the case, sometimes you got to burn a good spot to hunt another good spot. And in some cases, you might want to hunt that thicker spot first and then try that, depending mm-hmm. on if there is bedding at both spots. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, before we move down, um, is there anything he can tell us about the area we already looked at up here as far as... Go ahead. You know, he said it. It, it was thick, like I said, but you can see that. Did you have any interactions with deer in those areas? Yeah, they. Uh, I've I've debated and and thought about putting a stand over here for years, um, and and I I need to put one over there. But yeah, they come out, they come out over here, you know, out of this one and out of this side a lot. I mean, there's a bunch of deer that come out of this this woods and the thick stuff here. And then they also come out over here um, quite a bit. So there's definitely, like you said, uh, when you're you're saying that, I'm like, yep, that's that's one he's just seeing from the air that uh, there definitely hold holds a deer in this these areas. I hunted once, and there's just a pile of deer that came out yeah. right here. Yep, they're, they're, yeah, that's it's hard if they come off of that that property line because the trees are all in the neighbors. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean yeah true but if there's a big buck lane in here you know you can you could probably sit somewhere around here and hopefully like in the you. corner or something yeah yeah mm-hmm. or even you know i don't know if there's trees right here you could get in or something but uh be around the property line this guy lets you go look for deer though right he'll let me he'll let me shoot when we get down you know talking about the little yeah. lower part that's his field as well there um and i've got permission to shoot onto his his property um mm but not but not hunt on it so well that's something um all that's right yeah you want to move okay, down Dan? So you scroll down the property now um and you look at that stuff uh that you got to the right of the screen there what i kind of see is right where you got your arrow there where you had it mm-hmm. in that corner um where he already alluded he shot a deer i see everything kind of coming together there you got the, the 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 draws all coming together to that uh, creek line, probably a dried creek most of the year, right? Yeah. But mm-hmm. they kind of they kind of meet in that corner of that field, so that's going to be like the low spot, mm-hmm. and it's going to draw a deer right through. That's a that's a pretty good funnel. Um, but what I see for bedding is when I look at those little fingers connecting down to the lower property. Do you see that going through the? Yeah, that one, that one, that one. Um, when I look at those, the one that you got the arrow on now, that one's a dead end point. So mm-hmm. I could see bedding at that point, and I could see it along the edges um, towards the point based on the wind. Mm-hmm. And on the next one that goes down into the neighbor's property a little, I bet you along the edges of that uh, the draw, depending on how deep it is and if it's thick on the edges, right in the field edges, mm-hmm. on one side or the other, there'd be bedding. Um, 
and then the one one over, I look at that one and I see two little mini points coming off kind of on the sides. Mm-hmm. And I bet you those tips got bet in. Um, and uh, but all of those, if a deer comes up those draws, you know, if you're bedding towards the tips of them or on the sides of them, they come up and they if they turn to the left, they're going through that funnel, right? Yeah. So my very starting point would be right towards the corner of that field, wherever all those trails come together, I think. Right. right. Somewhere right in there where everything kind of comes together. I'd I'd definitely have a setup and I'd start there. And if there's fresh sign and I didn't see anything, I might move to the next head of the next draw. Correct. Right there. Yeah. And if I didn't see anything, I'd probably go to the head of the next draw right there. Mm. And I'd, I'd be curious to, um, if you go a little further back, there's that little connecting uh, tree line. Nope, the other way, towards the, the other way. Yep, right there. That kind of connects towards your neighbors. It all depends on if your neighbors are real active outside. The top of that might hold some bedding. That might be a little overlooked kind of area. Um, I would take a look at that, a glance. Yeah. What is their property line, Adam, is it? Do they own, do you own all that? No, it or, comes. Uh, where'd it go? Sorry, here. Get it back over for you. So it comes right, basically that field edge, and comes in and goes about right into there. Okay. Yeah. So you could. Yeah. And there's a there's oh, another the trails coming out of there up at the top, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And there's another little little house that's kind of covered up in here uh, that you can't see real well there, but. Yeah. One thing I'll I'll point out is if you go over to that very first field in that series of the green fields right there, if you go to the other side of it, there's a tree line that connects your neighbor's woodlot to your to to the woodlot above it. Now I think you said couldn't hunt that woodlot in the top, right? Right here, this one. Yeah. So my my property line runs, which my dad owns this field, but that fence row basically runs straight. Okay, there. So that's kind of where I can hunt so, in here. So right, right where you got that arrow there. Yep. I like that spot because I think that's a potential kill spot where it connects everything. But I really like it for an observation spot. But you still got a chance to kill something there because you could watch across that field and see if anything's moving around by those points, depending on what crop is planted. Mm-hmm. You could potentially see if deer are hanging on those points, you know, and, and coming out a little funny, you know, like across the green or. Yeah, or whatever. Uh, especially if you can go across your dad's field to get yep. that, and so you're not messing with that inside corner up at the top or anything. Um, and basically, that's about what I have for this property. Yeah, oh, Adam, I was going to say too. Um, if you go go back up here on the top of the property, you just said you couldn't look at. Now, when I looked at this, I thought you could hunt it um, mm-hmm. because of the way it was marked. But right at the top of that, you see where all that kind of creeks come together. That's the, like the lowest point of the field. I wouldn't doubt it if the bucks come out right there above that into that green field, just because yeah. that's the lowest point. So if they're bedding anywhere on your neighbors there, I could see them coming out there, depending on how active that house is. But they tend to like to come out at the low points because the thermals yeah. will drop right down to there. Yeah. So based on that information, does that match anything you're seeing when you hunt? Yeah. Yep. It, uh, so I've got, as far as kind of where I've got some stands at now too, I do have one here. Um, and then I've got the one I hunt the most is about right, right there. That's the spot I like the best on my property. Yeah. And that, 
that's where I got one. And then I do have one back in, let's see, be right in here is where I've got the, uh, got another one on this, on this side. Um, and then, you know, I, and then I've got one right up here in this fence row as well. So that's where I've got all of them right now on, on this side of the road of the property. And they come out. Uh, you see a lot of deer when I'm sitting here that come out of this woods and come in out behind you from here. And then they also, we've got deer, like you said, they, they bed into this area and you, they come out this side or they will come up and come out over into, into this field. Um, a lot as far as, as where you're seeing them at the most, but, uh, and then what was it? And I think we're going to talk about food plots a little bit there. Yeah. You want I think to go we, across the road first. Yeah. Let's or? do that first. Dan, you may not re recognize this, but he also can hunt this little patch right back here. Oh, okay. Um, and let's see here. Yeah, what well, I mean you got a you got a like a shooting house right here, right, Adam? Yeah, it's right right about there. So I got I can shoot onto this field as well. Um, but I got that's where this spot here is where Cole's killed his his two two bucks out of out of that shooting house there. Where do they usually come from? The bucks? Um they come from this come out of this side. Okay. Back up. Oh, I don't know how far you want to go there, but uh, it's fine. Just they seem to come out of that little yeah, finger this, in that little area. This the is, little finger that connects going off to the left looks like a really good bedding area. Yeah. On the edges of that. Wouldn't doubt it if they come into there, into that property that you're hunting. And I and you can't see um, into that hardly at all from where I'm at. So you, I mean, I'm sure, like you said, they travel that a lot. And whenever I see them, they're either coming out over here or they're coming out right right next to us for the most part we do get some that'll bed in this in this area over here that's pretty thick uh, it's and this is all pretty swampy swampy and, and wet back in here so mm -hmm. yeah and that creek creek runs right right through it there behind that's my mom and dad's house there yeah yeah that's a little property wouldn't think much of it and then Cole's killed both of his bucks there you know yep it's pretty small um you want to talk about the food plots now with dan yeah can i ask him up you want to uh, just say where you th think you would like to have some dan or you want me to tell you where I uh, okay. well i'll tell you where i would put them and okay. you can tell me where you have them okay. um just above my favorite spot i would have one in that corner right here yeah, right above there. Yep, right in that corner. Um, somewhere right in there. Maybe back a little bit to pull them through the funnel a little. I don't know. Um, but I'd find some place right in there to have one. Um, maybe right in front of that st that stand I said would make a good observation stand. I'd probably have one in front of there someplace. One side or other of that tree line, depending on where the stand is exactly. Um, I think you were a little higher than the corner, so probably inside of that green field. Um, which would be good because then you'd be looking towards those points and see if anything else was coming. Um, uh, go up. 
So um, I'm assuming you have one in front of that tr that tree line that you're hunting because um, that would make sense if you have a stand well, there. So um, some of them, uh, you know, they're they're farm fields. Yeah, so, so you can't put one there. Some of the places, yeah, like like right there, I I can't put one there. Okay. Um, and then. Uh, over and I want to see where you where you thought and um, I can't this one's farmed as well right into this this okay. area. Um, Could you put something on that walking path you have like right through here? I know then. Um, I don't know. Probably I could a little bit. It they didn't farm. They didn't farm this little nook here. Um, I put something in late last year, but it didn't it didn't take off in time. By the time I got it in there. Um, but so the only thing that could be a problem, maybe, maybe not, is if you put one there, if you pulled them away from the, the, the upper corner, if you split your deer up instead of having them all on one trail, you know, coming in. Yeah. So if you got deer coming in up here, I mean, if, if they all go through there to get to there, then, then it's fine. Um, but I've seen it where you put it, where people put food plots out near a good area because it's a good spot for a food plot, but it's not the better spot for position wise. Yeah. And they, they split up their deer the travel you know what i mean they, they break it up um yeah but i don't know that that would happen i'm just saying that that's a possibility um it's hard to see if i couldn't use the fields it's hard to see where i'd put a food plot yeah it's like yeah, and it, being in the woods yeah and it's hard i guess you yeah that'd be tough for you since you don't know where and well this one so where i do have one this is such a narrow narrow little field here um that they didn't care to to farm this back in here so i've got a okay. i got a clover and chicory and probably about here back is is clover and chicory um and i got permission this this has got you can't really see it there but there was a the creek had got dammed up and it washed out big ditches in this lower part of this field i mean like six foot deep Okay. And so they're not going to farm it anymore. And I talked to um, the landowner of this one and he gave me permission to put a, put a food plot down here in this corner. So that's one of my intentions um, this year. And then also this little, this little nook right here, mm -hmm. they don't, they don't farm that as well. Um, so I thought about putting a little one, a little one there. Um, and my only also, concern would be with the, with those two there, spreading be, out is if those deer are bedding in that in that areas you could be pushing them off the property mm -hmm. um but that's easy enough to to look at when you got josh in there and see if there's bedding on those points and stuff um but like say the um that middle field you said isn't getting farmed right there yeah if if that food plot was pushed up to the top you know right at the top of that yeah up there someplace I think that would be better because then the deer could bed down further off those little points. They could bed the edges of that and they'd feel freer about walking up to that, uh, that inside top end. You know what I mean? Okay. And so, it, it does go, it goes all the way back. It goes from here back, back to there is where I've kind of got it. Okay. All right. And then they farm, they farm this front half of it here. Um, But that's kind of where, what would you, so what would your recommendation be if I got, you know, I've got clover and chicory here, mm -hmm. this one down here, 
if I put it in, what would you what would you recommend down there? Well, I guess it depends on uh, how big of a space you have, and uh, um, you, you know, I uh, I really like clover mixes because I think it you know especially if it's low and wet, you said it gets washed out because I think that uh, they they tend to uh, hold a lot more food in a smaller space. You know, like the like if you have a lot of deer or a small space, chicory or something like that, it'll get eaten right up, right to the ground. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess uh, just having a good variety around the property is good, you know. And this one, you know, this one here is a, it's a clover chicory mix. So you already got clover in there, right? Yeah. What I got on that one, which the clover is doing pretty well in it. Mm -hmm. um, would you put some kind of brassicas or something different down there? Or? If you if you get enough room for them, I think that wouldn't hurt. It's probably going to be, you know, half acre, three quarters of an acre. Well, you have plenty, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, Dan. Do you, I mean, do you think it's worth putting a food plot right here? Still, I mean, is that a good thing to have food right uh, there? I guess I'd worry about it a little bit. I think I, to me, I'd want to know where the deer bed before I put a uh, food plot there. Because I'm a little worried that it, that looks like it could be, it has the potential to be really good bedding if left alone and just yeah. hunted on the mouse. I think I'd, if it were me, I'd rather probably, if they're bedding there, draw them more towards the, um, the corner or something and hunt them in between, if it were me. Mm. Um, but it, it really depends on How getting into the woods and seeing what it looks like. Yeah. It's, it's like this finger here it's not as thick as what it may look in this picture. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's just, yeah, it's, it's not real, real thick on that one. Pretty wide open. Yeah. It's, it's pretty good. Especially what about the up those fingers coming off of her. This back in here. No, the first one. There's a little like thumb right there. This one, oh, that one. Now that's pretty wide open. There's only a few trees there. Um, I thought about taking that one, you know, eventually if somebody wanted to clear that out, but, uh, it's, that's not quite as thick there. It gets thicker, um, when you get back into this one, um, and then back in the, back into this area is back in here. I just, I have a tendency to believe that deer want to be more in, um, the thinner blocks of timber, like the strips, okay. like than they do in the, um, in the, tops. Like I, I think, <laughs> Rather than a food plot in there, I think maybe a high grass would be better. Given yeah, like create, creating some more bedding right there. And this yeah. one here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then putting a food like plot on top there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. then food plot up here. Yeah, because, I mean, typically on a property, Dan, like, food's not the issue. It's usually there's not enough cover and bedding, right? Right, especially in farmland, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they can eat everything on that farm, you know. Um. You got a lot of oak there too. There, there's some oak in there, um, so you got some, you know, some oak in there, and then of course, obviously, they when they're farmed, when the fields are out there, they've got a lot of a lot of places to eat there. But yeah, yeah, that's a pretty open woods. I think high grass would be better for you than a food plot in that uh, okay. opener. You could still have a food plot in there if you wanted to, but I'd have it up towards the top of it, up in that right have, up in here. Yeah, good access to it, right? Not not as big as what you said, just mm -hmm. a smaller one. Maybe just go straight to uh, to a clover or something. 
because then okay. you don't need much acreage. Then clover there and then put some kind of big grasses in this area. Yeah, so that they can bed along them the tree lines and stuff. Um, okay. And in the grass, basically. Depending on how open the woods is, uh, I think they would probably bed in there quite a bit. And my my typical entry point here, there's my this is my house over here. Okay. Right. Um, and so, yeah, we come come across the field here most of the time. And then we got a, there's a opening there. If you watch that video when Josh took coal in youth season last year, mm -hmm. this is where they walk through. And then there's a, we mowed an area around the field there where you can okay. walk in and walk, walk into the stand here. Um, and this is a field where Cole and Josh were sitting and they shot across here at that doe, but. Yep. Is there anything wrong with coming in from right there, Dan, you think? Oh, I don't think so, no. Um, I guess uh, if you got a west wind, it'd be very bad, wouldn't it? Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. So that would be the hard part. I was imagining an axis from above. Yeah, I mean, you could do that. If you had an axis from above, then you could you maybe get above it on a west wind where you could still have, like, a, like say, southwest. You could get up in that corner without ever having your wind hit the deer. Yeah. Um, unless you're bedding in that block where you said on your neighbors. Um, that really doesn't look like it has all that much bedding feature, but if it's real thick, like you said, it probably does. Um, Will your neighbor let you park up there at all, you uh, think? I've asked uh, the, the previous owner, and he was fine with it. I think I could get permission from, from this one uh, to let me go in and, and walk around that way. Yeah. And then if I hunt, if I hunt up here... I park over here at the grain bins and then walk across to the fence row there. And they, well, you could probably, you could probably go in from the grain bins, right? Yeah, so I could, I could, yeah, just yeah. a little bit longer, longer walk, right? Yeah. Get you an e-bike, huh? Get you an e-bike. Yeah, <laughs> that would work. <laughs> Dan can uh, hook him up with one of them Chinese ones. They're always trying to send him. <laughs> More of them people trying to send me those bikes. <laughs> videos. Crazy. Uh, yeah, it is. It's insane. Um, so do you, another, another, as far as staying locations, Dan, I know you talked, I got one there. You talked about putting one over mm -hmm. in here and, and maybe even one there. Well, I wouldn't put it right there. I'd probably put it back further. I'm just saying I'd look there and see if there's bedding look. and if there is I'd go up above that someplace, like probably where that creek is, that low point. Mm -hmm. But you'd have a hard time getting in there. You'd have to circle your way in yeah. there. Yeah. I got one of the neighbors. He hunts. He's got a shooting house right over here. But. And then. What do you think about. Uh, so uh, a lot of times if I'm sitting here mm -hmm. and they don't and they don't come out over here uh, you know sometimes they come out here in a food plot there or they'll come out of this woods shoot through and go on the top side there mm -hmm. and then come back and go back into there or come out of this side and do the same way kind of shoot across these two points and get into this woods here i thought about putting putting a stand here uh, when, mm -hmm. if the wind was right, to maybe try to intercept them 
um, on a not sit there a lot, but just you know, every once in a while, I had a good wind. Try to jump in there once. And what's your opinion on that one? Yeah, I I wouldn't see a problem with it if it's every now and then. I just uh, I would try to you know really make sure that there's no bedding right in there before you you do yeah. that. Um, but even if there is, I don't think it would hurt you if it's uh, one, two, three days out of the year or something. You know, yeah. it's a matter of uh, if you overpressure the area, then they won't bet anywhere near there. You know. Yep. You yeah. you want me to tell them the experience with unicorn this year? Oh yeah, that? you can. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so it's this, a pretty cool story. Yeah, and and I don't get a hunt a tremendous amount. I coach a eighth grade boys basketball team and an athletic director for a little Lutheran school. And so I don't, I don't get a hunt a whole, a whole lot. So this one, the pressure thing's not really too big of an issue for Adam. He doesn't put a whole lot of pressure on it, but we, uh, in both season, we were sitting in this, that stand that I have there, a two man stand, me and mm-hmm. Cole, a lot of times. And we seen this same buck, which I had him on camera multiple, multiple times. And we called him, named him unicorn. Cause he had a little, a little, point that grew out basically in his forehead in between his brow tines there um and he's really dark chocolate horned deer but we've seen him on camera several times where well, we sit there and the first probably four out of five times we sat there we've seen this buck every you know four out of five times we sat there and he would always be you know a lot of times the, the one evening he come out right over here about 85 uh, 90 yards away. And then the next time we were there, it may have been the next morning. He come out over here somewhere and crossed about 85, you know, yards away from us there. And then I seen him over here. The next, next two times I saw him, uh, we're over here about, you know, 80. It was always, it was always just out of bone, you know, 80 yards. Um, and couldn't get him in there any closer. I've seen that's the first time I've seen, you know, that the same deer like that multiple, multiple times in the same area. And I knew he couldn't be, I was talking to Josh about it through the year. You know, do I, do I keep going in there? Do I wait and just pick, you know, the right time and hopefully he gets there, but he never, we never spooked him, never seen us. Uh, But I knew he had to be bedding somewhere. Uh, Now how close, I don't know. He could have been way back in here technically and, and walking all the way out. Um, but I ended up, I had my, I got my chance at him, um, in gun season. He ended up coming from, from over in here somewhere, walked across there about 80, 85 yards and, and, uh, ended up, what ended up happening, I ended up hitting a limb and, but he, when I shot, he didn't even hardly move. He just kind of hopped over there a little bit and was looking the opposite way, um, and ended up walking off in the woods there and we looked and looked and didn't find anything and went back and checked you know where i'd shot him and there was there were some limbs hanging out there unfortunately um but that was that was a kind of a cool experience for me to see that same deer that many times and not uh, not spook him until obviously you know i yeah. shot at him he, yeah. he didn't like that and, and i didn't see him for a while of course we looked we we looked pretty hard in there to make sure that it wasn't one of those occurrences where there just wasn't a whole lot of blood Uh, and and so i didn't see him on camera then for oh it was it was a good while that was towards the end of end of gun season but then i ended up 
I got him back on camera maybe a, a month later or so. Um, and I've seen him a, a few times since then, but every deer has got a different temperament. Some of them, you bump them once and you never see them again. And some of them walk over, look at you in the tree stand and eat underneath you. Yeah. Yeah. So he, you said he, in the morning he would, he came out here and went back in here then? The one, uh, the one time I saw him, the only time I seen him come, well, I guess twice. Um, I think it was that next morning we saw him come, we saw him come out that evening here and the next morning somewhere over in here he come out and walked across here and went back went back into there and then that evening when i you know the other two or three times i saw him in both season he was coming out of this side mm -hmm. uh, but then that one evening he come from this way it was later in gun season um, and he come out of that side and came over there but i'd also been debating with josh uh, about borrowing one of your guys stands or one of his stands and putting it up because this you were right this is really low here and it's flat for a little bit and then there's a pretty steep hill that goes up to about into this area and i i thought about getting on on the top side here and trying to you know go in there once and and get a shot at him there early but i didn't i didn't do it i didn't um didn't have the that's, that's really one of the keys you know we talk about where to put um permanent stands on a property like this but having something mobile where you can just make a shift when you see something like that going on is important you know um i hunt a 70 acre farm and i've got stands all over in every little key position but most often when we kill something big it's because you see it on a pattern and then you move to it mm -hmm. yeah well that's where your guys's equipment's really really nice yeah. josh I've, he was messing with it this yeah. evening when he got here it's amazing how light it is i mean just how light the whole the whole system is yeah well is there anything else on this uh this property we can think about i'll go through the comments here if you guys got any questions make sure you ask them in the comments um seems like half of our comment section is having surgery or sick right now <laughs> The last few weeks, everybody's there. I hope everybody's doing all right. Uh, I've lost track of everybody's having surgery or uh, <coughs> uh, I was like Dan's still coughing up a lung, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got any other stories, good stories that we could tell everybody for you? I forgot most. I tried to get rid of most. Remember of that time I shot that deer out from underneath you, kind of at that deer drive when Brian. <laughs> Uh, with the bow and arrow that oh yeah <laughs> yeah that we were doing a, a deer drive close to josh's house actually and it was during bow season wasn't it yeah it was in october yeah, it was in in bow season it narrowed down really really narrow along the river and this deer is coming i mean just right at me and just i was waiting and i think i actually was drawn back there and josh was over at the side and and next thing i know uh, here comes this arrow and he he fired one off at it and shot him there in front of me but i think i think was that that was close to my wedding i think it was it on was your wedding weekend. i think it was, it was the wedding. weekend of your wedding because brian was here and he, he wanted to go deer hunting that's why we started deer yep. deer drives to try right. to get brian a deer because i had to leave yeah and you guys look for it and you ended up you end up finding it yeah we found it yep yeah it's laying back uh no it's not laying back here it's on the wall back here just a european amount 
Yeah. It looked man. a lot bigger whenever I shot it than what it ended up yeah. being. Because I remember you were kind of like, oh, I'm kind of glad you got you that one. It, yeah. yeah. It was like a 115 inch eight pointer. But when they're when they're on the ground running towards you and they're like at ten yards, they look a lot bigger than that, you know. There's nothing wrong with a hundred and fifteen inch eight pointer. No, no. No. But he yeah, he did. It was it was coming right right at me and he quick trigger over there got him. You know, I uh I took my kid out uh Rat Slayer once when we when he was really young. Um this goes back over you know, probably 24 25 years ago so i mean he was probably like five or six or something and he had this little red bow and he was shooting the yard and uh late summer we i was going to go out and uh check for some deer along some crop fields um and he wanted to come along and he was begging to come and and uh, i said sure and then he's got his bow and i'm like i'll leave that here and he's like no no i want to bring it i want to bring it what if we see a deer and i was like okay go ahead and he brings it along and we're walking through these crops and it was like it was farm crops. I think it was like cabbage or something. It was really tall. It's like as tall as my waist. And we're walking along this and uh, I see a deer coming out. I'm like, hey, there's a deer coming. Get down once. And they come out and they come really close to us, like 20 yards from us. I'm forgetting all about that kid having a bow. <laughs> it wasn't even deer season. All of a sudden his arrow goes flying mm -hmm. over my shoulder and I, he missed that deer's uh, uh, neck by and I was damn glad he missed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. Rob was asking, we kind of covered this already, but he said, do you think you should abandon the permanent stands and mobile hunt the, the property? I don't think so. I think he should. I think if a guy has a property, he should have permanent stands in, in key positions, but he should also have a mobile setup. That'd be my opinion on it. Yeah. And you're always like, time is an issue for you. So you're always like running late or, you know, yeah. you only have a, Coming, last hour and a half of daylight or whatever coming from practice or yeah or wherever it's always seems like we're in a rush um, you know the only difference between a mobile stand and a permanent stand is that uh, mo permanent stands tend to get over hunted and that's all you have to do is keep in mind how often you hunt it and, and be careful about just hunting it when you have the right winds and the right conditions and stuff i mean that's yeah. sounds like you're not over hunting the property oh, and i yeah. think i think that one all the way to the north up there by that first bedding area that we talked about it you know my my caution there has been it just has to be the right wind you know to get up there and do that one yeah yeah i want to put up more permanent stands on some of my private we've been mobile hunting them the last several years and um I'm yeah, you know think about the spots you got that are like right up against bedding you're you're 50 60 yards from and you're sneaking in there why would you want to take the chances of making noise setting up a stand? Even if you hunt it once a year, why not just put a you know forty fifty dollars and just leave it there locked in a tree? Yep. Right. Yep. Dan, do you ever hunt those big double ladder stands like Adam has? Adam has those double ones for his like him and his son. Yeah, I've got uh, one over by Dave's uh, um, that I sit in every now and then, but it's more of an observation stand and a hunting stand. Kind of take a nap up in that thing. <laughs> yeah it was just you, you know it's just something that uh i think uh somebody hunted with dave once and gave it to him or something and uh so we just put it to use and those those are the ones that i've got uh, you're with having the young kids and that um that's what i've got back over there on the fence row and in that point that you like or that corner that you like so well they're both uh two-man stands but 
the biggest problem I've had with uh, ladder stands is uh, there's a couple of them at Dave's property. Um, and the reason we didn't just toss them in the trash is because Dave had cancer and he was having a hard time climbing trees. So he kind of liked them. But uh, I've noticed that they're awfully noisy. I have a hard time getting into them quiet when it's uh, calm out. They're creaking and stuff and where the joints are. They, they, yeah. It's pretty tough. Where I like a... a a chain on stand or a lock on stand better because I think you can you can get it secure and quiet. But yeah, yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with the ladder stand. It's just if you're real close to them, a lot of times they make noise in the joints, especially if they've been out there a while and they start to rust yeah. and settle. And someone asked about uh, what crops are usually playing in the fields. Have you like noticed? It's 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 corn and beans, right? Yeah, it's corn and beans, and it definitely makes a difference where uh, the corn is, especially after they harvest. You know, if they've uh, you got the fields up, up there. One second, and they've got it rotated. Uh, typically, okay, you'd probably get some pretty good movement into that upper field when that's corn. Um, oh, in the season, and that's what, depending on which one of these fields is corn is where they file into the most you know when this is corn they're they're filing out of you know out of this area up in here and then coming out back here into that cornfield sure. um, after after it's harvested in the same way if this is in beans and this is corn then they're they seem to be filing out of these areas into the cornfields and they they really like those you know late after you know after it's harvested there and then the bean fields when they're when they're younger and and um, you know smaller there they they uh, they go to them quite a bit as well yeah but it gets rotated it gets rotated corn and beans on all these fields um, different years depending on and there's three different farmers there's a farmer that farms this one a different farmer farms this one and then there's a different farmer that farms these three so it kind of it does vary you may think that you're going to get corn in, in one of them and they change it to beans and uh, but yeah. A lot of people are asking in the comments, like how many times a year do you uh, hunt Adam? Like probably less than 12. Yeah. That's probably, I don't get, that's probably a, uh, the max. I would think that I get to go out just because of all the, the, the coaching and the games and the, you know, especially on weekends, all the tournaments and that, but. And out of that 12 years, sometimes on other properties too, right? That's sometimes, um, sometimes I've, I've been, I used to hunt a lot of different properties and I didn't hunt these hardly at all because um, they were close to the house. And I was always like, ah, you know, there's, there's not that many deer around here. I, I can go, you know, drive to, I had the luxury of, of being able to hunt uh, a lot of acres from these, one of my buddies that's a, a large farmer in the area. And, and I would go hunt those all the time. And then they kept telling me, everyone, like, you really need to go behind your mom and dad's or, you know, go over there. There's a lot of deer there. And once I started hunting back in here, um, then I've, I've kind of switched over and I've hunted these, uh, a lot of times, different stands, you know, different areas there, but I hunt this a lot more now than, than I used to. This is a decent tip for people that, you know, don't have food plot equipment and stuff. He was asking if you could pay a farmer to leave some standing corn or beans on those fields at all. 
as far as me yeah he was asking about you but that is something you can do like some yeah. farmers will sell you an acre of corn to leave up and if you don't have time to plant things or whatever the case may be and that uh, that sometimes is a is a problem for me is just finding time to go out and and, and put the food plots in or uh, you know it the day that i'm available it may be really wet and i and i can't get out there and, and do it at times but and they they possibly would be willing to do that like you said to buy buy that off of them if they're getting the same amount as what they would be right uh, to market there right a small amount they're not going to sell you a whole lot but yeah right um i think we got through all the the questions that were on there we've been on here over an hour or two so is there another oh as far as mine does adam film his hunts nope <laughs> Used to yeah. we used to film a little bit when we, when we were younger. When you yeah you do it and and uh, come out and do it and yeah I have some footage that's gotten lost. I we had some footage when I was younger. I can't find it anymore. And we did some doe kills and stuff, yeah. but uh, I don't know and where it's it all is. It's not something I I wouldn't necessarily do. I just don't I don't have the equipment. Yeah. Um, yeah. We used to carry cameras around all the time though. It seemed like we mm-hmm. always had those old cameras that had tapes in it then i'd bug drew to edit it for me when i was little because <laughs> yeah. i didn't know how to edit uh all right are you good dan you got anything else you want to cover on the property i'm three i think i think we covered it all i hope everybody got something out of it tonight and uh, sorry for it being kind of an off night um we'll get back on schedule next week for sure so all right everybody Thanks for coming on. Adam, thanks for hopping on with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hopefully I didn't yeah. I didn't ruin it too bad. No, you're good. <laughs> um, you'll be looking maybe uh, if we can get the chance, me and Adam are going to we'll walk around and film some of these spots that Dan pointed out, and, and maybe we'll uh, make a video out of it, and I can kind of incorporate this, and, and we'll put it on the beast. Um, oh, golly, I almost forgot, Rich. Cameras, trail cameras on this property. We got to talk about that first before we leave. Sorry, Dan. Dan was probably like, probably he's like, man, I'm going to bed. (laughs) Let's, uh, thank you, Rich. I'm glad you, you put that on here. I hope nobody left. Let's see here. Um, all right. We're back on it. Um, where do you got cameras at right now, Adam? Where do I have them at? Yeah. Uh, I've got, uh, one right over here at this, onto the food plot there um i I put one i've got one back right in there are those cell cams or regular cams i got one cell cam um, and then and then the rest are regular i had one down over here and i think that was yeah those three right there there and then one back in the back in the woods right in here and then i had one over on on this side uh, right around in there on that property. Is that open enough to have a food plot on that side? It, and that's, I, I plan to, if I can, right on the other side of this, this Creek here, you can see this, this area right there. Yeah. That that's open enough to put a food plot. My intention this year is to put a, a, a clover or clover chicory mix in that, in that as well. Like I had over here, but mm-hmm. How would you go about putting trail cameras up, Dan? Um, I would probably uh, 
put them at the entrances into the to the fields and the heavy trails and stuff but i'd probably be real careful about checking them too much mm-hmm. so that, that's why i asked if he was using cell cams um yeah. so if they're regular cams i would be just checking them as i walk past them kind of thing if i was back there hunting i'd ch- i'd take the card and swap it and then when i got back i'd check them and see if it you know anything changed and then and because of that a lot of a lot of the intel you get out of them helps you more for the next year than it does the year you hunt but that's just the light the nature of things you know yeah cell cams help you more now and uh regular cams help you in the in, you know in the future because they show you patterns because those patterns seem to repeat year after year after year yeah that's like seeing that deer that unicorn deer you're talking about so many times he's probably gonna do the same thing next year you know or be on the same kind of patterns at least but we've um, seen it right down to the date with the same deer like year after year he shows up within a day or so at the same time he was on the camera the year before well i hope so yeah <laughs> do you ever do you have any cameras up here at all? i i have i didn't this last year um I didn't. I wasn't quite as uh, on it as well with my cameras this year. But I, I used to have one when I put one up here, right, right in this area where this mm-hmm. this edge of this woods comes out, so I can get anything traveling along the fence row and then coming out into that field there. Yep. But like uh, Dan, do you think uh, putting one up in you know uh, on a good trail up in here somewhere that you just like you said, I don't look at hardly at all during the season. Uh, yeah, especially if you got one main trail that they're coming out on, you know, where all those trails come together would probably be a good idea, yeah. Matter of fact, that'd probably be a good area for a cell cam if you got it into that stuff a little bit, like right on the trail where they come out of the uh, bedding. Because yeah. then you can monitor it from a distance and you can you can know when to go sit the stand or whatever that you uh, end up putting up there. And otherwise, just kind of leave them be until – until the pictures start rolling in, you say, okay, it's time to get up there. Yep. All right. I'm content now. We talked about the cameras. <laughs> I almost forgot. All right, everybody. Have a good night. And we'll we'll talk to everybody early next week. See good night, you. everybody. Thanks. <laughs>